0: probably did hate mail, and we thought it was hate at the time because these guys are trying to take away our dreams. The Football Pod, live. Thursday, June 2nd in Castlebar. Check out otbsports.com forward slash events and get your tickets now. Well, it was quite the weekend for Liverpool. No better man than Mark Lawrence to talk to you about it. Mark, good morning to you. How are you?
1: I'm all good, thank you.
0: What kind of hey. a hangover do you have today as a matter of interest?
1: I have got a hangover, but well, how do you know I've got a hangover?
0: Well, because it was a big weekend and I'm sure you were celebrating. All
1: uh, right, Yeah, I was. I'm in Mallorca now, so I was.
0: <laughs> uh, well, let's let's focus on you just for a second there. Uh, totes a Say again? Were you totes a
1: What's
0: that mean? Oh, it's what the kids say when they're like, um, you know, very emotional. It's called totes a oh, right, right.
1: Well, yeah, as you can tell, I'm not down with the kids, so I have no idea. Um, no I know I I made the decision ages ago so I just didn't tell anybody. Um it was actually I mean they have gone about 25 years and that it's actually I think my first gig with the BBC was 31 years ago and would you believe it was a it was a radio game and it was Peterborough United one Liverpool nil a massive shock so um some game to start with.
0: Had you already finished playing when you started or were you still playing when you were doing a bit of a Radio work.
1: Uh, no, I was, I was finished. I think it was about, about 91 or something. No, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd already finished, so.
0: And did you love it straight
1: away? Um, uh, Yeah, probably did. Probably did. I mean, it was, I'd had no training, they just say, come come and co commentate I mean, it was. I mean, you know over in Britain, it's Radio 5 Live, they do all of the football, but it was Radio 2, I think, in, even in those days. So they hadn't, they hadn't kind of progressed to Radio 5 Live at, at the time.
0: Um, um, I, I'm, I, I know ITV got the highlight rights very early on in the Premier League years, but I'm fairly sure yeah. that you and Hanson were the double act when the Premier League was kind of peaking or starting to come through and the money was starting to come through on the BBC, which was yeah. uh, you know, great timing on your part and the, on the pair of your part and that you were very firmly established as main Saturday night football show being watched it's by it's millions. Two main idiots.
1: Yeah, well, listen. Don't forget Trevor Brookin, There was three of us, so um, I came and joined. I think Jimmy Hill basically um, finished, and then uh, it was it was Trevor Brookin and Al, and then I I was like the third person. So obviously we used to rotate and stuff. So um, yeah, no, it was a uh, right place, right time, and man, as I saw from Saturday, some some of the bloody shirts I used to wear on the ter- on the telly were, were were just mad. But hey a fellow used to write into me every week absolutely slaughtering me every single week and he said and and Gok Gokwan had just arrived on the scene I think he's like he's the fashion guru isn't he or something he said I'm going to get you an appointment with him and all that it was was so funny but he wrote to me every single week and you just go wow get a life
2: did you ever have that appointment
0: with Gokwan?
1: no not too late I mean that would be I,
0: I think everybody would watch that now Mark
1: no, you're
0: all right, boys. Honestly, I'm fine. <laughs> he did. He did a series. How to look good naked, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Now it's more. Oh, now it's more
1: cookery stuff. So you'll be all right. Yeah, well, well, both. Listen, I'm stuffed on both. both <laughs> completely Another chance. I can't
0: cook anything. Well, listen. Congratulations on a great innings. Like uh, most Thank people, you. get a couple of seasons and um, and they shuffle off. But you managed to keep it going for for that length of time. That says something. Yeah. Um,
1: it was good. It was. It was fun. It was like you know. I mean, Tony. We had we had Tony Blair on one week and everything. He was great. Him actually, um, but uh, he couldn't remember his. I don't think it was he couldn't remember what, what his first game was. Well, he knew it was Newcastle. He couldn't remember who they played against. But I suppose we gave him a bit of uh, leeway because he was he was the Prime Minister at the time. He had probably more important things to think about.
2: Alright, Doubt it. Uh, <laughs> did you do
1: predictions?
2: Did you do predictions against Tony Blair? No,
1: no. Predictions have only come in in I think the last ten years or something.
2: Who's the most high-profile person you've gone predicting against?
1: Um, I think it's it's Schwarzenegger, uh, Will Ferrell, um, quite a few of the Americans who obviously knew absolutely nothing about it. They (laughs) they must, they must, they must, like myself, they must have had a, a film or or there's loads of music guys as well been been on there and everything so obviously just to promote stuff which is totally understandable um but yeah and schwarzenegger swore at me i think he told me to f off as <laughs> just as a bit just as a bit of fun because there's is a blue isn't he he's an is an nevertonian but obviously they bleeped it out the bbc being the bbc bleeped it out so as you know. um,
0: For for anybody who missed it, you you were asked uh, oh, what's the main difference kind of between nowadays and your time? And you talked about the teetotal footballers today, but it was different in your time. And I think the story involved a famous goalkeeper,
1: Bruce Robbo. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just it was just one of those many things. So um, I, you know, when they asked me the question, I suddenly thought, crikey, I'm your last day because there's so many you couldn't really repeat. But he. He was nuts, as everybody knows, good goalkeeper, but he was nuts. But in those days, when we used to go to Southampton, it'd be six hours on the coach. So as long as we drew or won, we'd get wine and beer on the way back, take it from under the coach and bring it up up to the, the seats and everything. And being stupid footballers, we only had one bottle opener. And somebody did, so we started off we got the beer and the, and the wine and the boys are taking cards and all those kind of things killing the six hours and, and what have you and the music's going and uh suddenly everyone's gone who's got the opener so we couldn't find the opener. to this day i don't, don't know where it went so they went well we're absolutely stuffed we can't open the Budweisers or, or, or whatever they were so brucey actually said don't worry i'll sort it so the first thing he did i didn't have enough time obviously to ramble on on the telly on the Saturday to tell the first bit which was he opened he opened the, the uh the beer with his teeth which i think loads of people have done i've never done it but loads of people have done it. it wasn't a great shot you know And we just looked at him and just thought well he's nuts anyway and then he, he just his famous words were i've got a better one than that and we said what you're about he said i've got a better one than that and we said what he said watch this so he put it he put the beer bottle in his eye socket and twisted it and it opened and it cut the top bit and the little bit there and I think and we're all looking and thinking oh my god he's not really just done that and I think it might have been Hanson might have just went well you don't need your eyes do you the way you're playing at the moment like, <laughs> on, on we go mad absolutely bonkers can you imagine that now Alison did that on a on oh my goodness me
0: yeah, his peripheral vision no longer any good, which would explain <laughs> some of the goals flying in from odd angles. Um, it, talk to us then about the penalty shootout. When the the game reaches that point, what's your level of confidence that it's going to be successful for Liverpool, and, and does that waver at any point through when it looks like maybe this isn't going to go their way? Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's, well, it's fifty-fifty, isn't it? I don't, I don't care who who you play against any team. It's it's fifty-fifty, and you know you don't know. You don't know what your goalkeeper's going to do. He might suddenly, sort of, he might sort of say this thing, "I'm going to dive for every single one," or or pretend to dive, or all those kind of things. Um, so, I have to say, the standard of penalty taking nowadays is is really, really good. And um, you know that when you look at them, the goalkeepers actually make relatively few saves. So, it's your heart's in your mouth in it when when they take. i I must admit, I'm delighted that Simicast good because um, I know from just obviously being being around the club and and, and working for the TV channel and stuff, he's a he, they absolutely love him, and he's he's a bit nuts. He's a bit I think he's a bit Brucey He's a bit he's a bit nuts. He's one of those, he's just one of those lads. He's always like hyper and everything. So um, they're all be delighted for him certainly. And by the way, he he can play right back or left back if you need it. And every time he comes in, he just it just looks really easy to him.
0: I- Maybe it's a coincidence, but it's funny that it's like mm. the off-Broadway players, like it's him, and the last penalty shootout is Cuevin Kelleher, who, yeah. who are, are getting the praise on the day and who everybody seems really, really very happy for. Like, look, they've just won a trophy, so obviously they're going to be happy. And yeah. and maybe we read too much into the body language and the celebration afterwards, but like that unity of purpose, that group, it does seem really very together.
1: Yeah, well, I mean... You know, you get you get a you get a good dressing room with outstanding players, and you know you you've got trophy winning teams. As, 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 it's easy as that. I mean, in the morning on Saturday, I was at, I was actually at Wembley for about ten in the morning. I mean, what's that? nearly six hours, nearly seven hours before the game started and, and stuff. But um, Liverpool do this thing where they, they came they came to uh, to Wembley, got off the bus, and just walked around the pitch, and apparently it's. I think it's a little bit kind of stretch the legs without, you know, too many people around, but also a little bit of superstition, I would have thought. And they were just, it was like they were just going out for a morning stroll. Well, well they were going out for a morning stroll and just acclimatising themselves with, with whatever. And um, I think obviously Klopp leads the way and they're all laughing and joking, walking around and all those kind of things. And you can just tell with teams when, uh, when, when they're all kind of, in the right sort of pulling in the right direction, and, and I mean, certainly Liverpool have got that at the moment.
2: Do you feel Liverpool played well over the course of the 120 minutes?
1: Um, all right. I know I didn't, I, I mean, when it started, I thought, crikey, they're going to win 3 4 or something like that. But I think that, uh, I can't remember a, um, a cup final like that where there were so many misplaced passes when, when, when you consider the ability of the players. I just think it, it kind of petered out. A little bit, and then you you get to the 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 part where it's you know you don't want to lose. Do you? You don't want to be the idiot that makes a mistake, whether it's an open goal or defensively or all those kind of things. And I think in the end, and we just it, it was inevitable. It was going to to extra time and pens. Basically, there wasn't that many clear cut chances, whether.
2: No, it was obviously Luis Diaz is is the the, the main threat throughout the game, and that looks like that the person that can do the most amount of damage to Chelsea anyway. And like I mean, uh-huh. we've spoken to you in in the past about just what an incredible signing he's been, but it does seem that he he's, I know Salah's off the pitch, but it does seem almost at this point that he's he, he's Liverpool's most potent threat when Salah's out, yeah. and if like we don't know what the Salah the length of that uh, absence is going to be but maybe for for Southampton tomorrow night maybe for this weekend Diaz is the person you're putting all your hopes on in that attack
1: Yeah I don't I I somehow don't think that Salero Van Dijk will play tomorrow uh, at Southampton because you wouldn't I I don't think what they've got is serious and and probably if it was a Champions League final tomorrow they would be playing well not probably absolutely certainly but I, I wouldn't mind betting Klopp might just leave them out because obviously, you know, he can uh, he can go with the Canati and the uh, Matic partnership and anyone else can come in and play obviously instead of Mallard some, uh, instead of uh, Salah. So, yeah, I would, but you know, I just, heard, I just heard you say before, I mean, they would still have a team good enough to beat Southampton, I would have thought. And if they don't, well, they don't. It's,
2: it's interesting that you say that if there was a Champions League final tomorrow, they would definitely play because, I don't know, just... Uh, we, again we, we don't know what the full extent of the injury is but it just kind of yeah. feels a little bit reminiscent maybe of, of 2019 and obviously Tottenham being without their main attacker for that final and in hindsight maybe Pochettino wouldn't have started Harry Kane uh, in hindsight again this is possibly a very very yeah. different situation but is there anything in that about you know that that, that kind of th- that recent example of uh, you know putting a, a reputation before a player's actual fitness no i think i think i
1: think it's just the fact that i mean that, you know everybody they're tired. That's one thing. They, they played so many games, and you know, normally I, I never give them any, any stick for whatever. But you know, they they they, they are tired. You have to, you have to give that to them. So I think the club will probably think, you know, what is it? Is it really worth taking the chance if he plays Salah and Van Dyke? Um, and and what if they aggravate what they've got? So I think it's it's just a precaution. But that's why I say, if it have been if it have been the Champions League, finally you. you, you you play your strongest team, don't you? You
0: forget about everything else. It's secondary. Um, I, I also think that there's a difference this year in picking a player who you have a doubt about in the final and that you've got five subs to use. So, like, you know, if if they do have to go off injured, you can use the full range of your squad. And so, like, it, it's worth that risk when we're talking about those players. If it was kind of a an average player in your team, you'd be like, well, I'm going to replace him with an average player, but we're talking about, like, the best striker in the world and the best centre-back in the world. So you got to pick them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, that, as like you say, the beauty of the five subs, etc. And, and, and I mean, Klopp's talked about this lots, but this, I, I would say in all my time, that I've, what, 81, I joined Liverpool and all that time since, this is definitely the best squad the club's ever had in terms of strength and depth. I mean, if two players for virtually every position and, um, before you shout at me, I mean Joe Joe Gomez can play right back instead of Trent. Obviously, wouldn't be quite the same, but he's, he's you know he's still a very very good player. And everywhere you look, boss, Simicast can play right back as well if he needed him to. So, but every everywhere you look, you'd say you know the the, the cover's excellent. I mean, there just doesn't seem to be a weakness. And I, and I've said to you this before with him with with Klopp, it's just you know this clever thing of just having everybody together and saying, you know, to a player, look, you're not playing tomorrow, but you're going to play on Saturday whenever the next game is. And so you don't get anybody knocking on your door saying, why am I not playing? So, you know, it's all right having a really top squad, 20-odd players all buying for the position, but keeping them happy is, is difficult, but he seems to be able to do it.
0: For the Champions League final, if Van Dijk is fit, who do you think will be his central defensive partner?
1: Well, you see, I'm I'm... I'm Matip, but um, it's looking like Canate. Canati seems to play in the cup games. Seems to play uh, in Europe. So, and he's just he's got better and better and better. I just think my my thing with with Matip is that I just think he gives you a little bit extra. He gives you everything that uh, Canate gives you, but he'll come out with the ball and it, and he will. Sort of engage midfield players, certainly the the uh, Madrid midfield players, and I just think you know it makes it a little bit easy for your midfield players because a little bit more space because they're drawn to this guy who's coming through the middle and 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 you know dribbling. So that's that's the thing. But uh, listen, it's um, it's there's not not a big difference between the two of them.
0: It was nearly the perfect weekend when West Ham were two 0 up against City. <laughs> yeah. If they could just yeah. have seen that through, then it would have been um, ball game back on. So yeah. uh, Riyad Mahrez ends up missing the penalty that would really have won the league for City. Uh, you know, um, in all that yeah, name, he's a. done
1: it. He's got, he's got previous, isn't
0: he? He does. He he he's also been, I think, a big game performer for them. Um, yeah. S- somewhat underrated in that galaxy of stars, but is it important? Is that is that drop point important? I mean, it certainly keeps Liverpool dreaming.
1: Yeah, I just it keeps keeps them dreaming, but I don't. I mean, I think we all expect City to win, and um, and even though, as you said before, that you'd expect that Liverpool would win it at Southampton, even missing some of the top players, you, you just never ever know, dear. And, and I and I as I said to you before, I never really give people that you know, oh, we're tired, we're tired, and all those kind of things. But they, they actually, the last few games, they've looked a bit leggy. Um, you know, people like Salah, et cetera, who just started to look a little bit leggy. And when I say leggy, just without that real sharpness that makes all the difference. And um, I mean, Southampton are one of the teams, you never know what you're going to get from them, aren't you? It's their last game, obviously, at home as well. So um, I think they will certainly give Liverpool a match, a game certainly, and if there's any free kicks, as we know, outside the penalty area, um, your man, Ward Prowse, is, is brilliant at them.
0: Unless it's nine nil, in which case we're, we're you know we're, they're due they're due a nine nil this season. Yeah,
1: they haven't got one. I, I, I did the nine 0 at Old Trafford uh, last year. Um, yeah, they probably are, but um, they got a good manager actually. I think
2: he's a good manager, Asko Is there anything you saw in Manchester City's performance yesterday that would give Liverpool hope?
1: No. <laughs> no. No. Let Let's just go no. Okay. Let's, 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 let's,
0: let's, they are two 0 down. I think you're right though, right? And so I think two 0
1: down, but
0: they killed back. Yeah, yeah, and should have won it. You know, I mean, and, that,
1: and, yes. and, and they've got they got no defenders, haven't they? So, but I mean, well, and, and, well, and was, yeah, Bill- so you say but, that, but they
0: they Aki on the bench, right? And I actually think that like uh, he gets a bit of a free pass with the building of the squad. The, the depth on the bench wasn't good enough against Real Madrid there were a lot of kids on the bench and sure this is the whole point of having the world's greatest academy of all time apparently and investing all that money yeah. in in the coaching and, and buying all the best young players in the world to come to the Man City Academy but they still were young players who had no experience and again so he, he had Fernandinho who's leaving at the end of the season as a centre-back yesterday with Aki who we keep getting told is, is ready to step up but isn't trusted I, I just think that sometimes Pep because he's Pep Gets forgiven any of the errors where the squad isn't yeah good enough.
1: Oh uh, no, he does. He does. I mean, Aki's Aki's decent player, but he's not. He's not top, is he? So, Fern- how old's Fernandinho? Is he nearly? He's nearly forty, soon, isn't he? But if you really, if you really think about it, is that if if you play against Manchester City, um, for most teams, you probably get thirty percent of the possession. So if you think about that. Then you have to score. You have to score with your thirty percent possession because they they will have seventy. They will have the ball, and generally, you, you know, you're all like it's four five one. You sat in there, and, you know, you make, you're trying to make it really really difficult for them. So, um, but no, I just think the fact the fact they were two nil down and they come back, I wasn't surprised by that because they're, they're just such an outstanding team.
0: And Steven Gerrard and Philip Coutinho won't be able to do enough between them to get a point for Aston Villa on the final day of the nah. season.
1: Well, I was at I was at Villa Park on Tuesday, and to be honest with you, Coutinho, I didn't really see him. Um, the game passed him by a little by a little bit. But I know he'll be against the. I think with Coutinho against any team outside the top six, he'll be outstanding because he'll get a bit more of the ball, and and obviously, you know, he's he's, he's very very good at it. But against the big teams he was I just felt he was a little bit of, of a non-entity, non-entity to be honest with you but I understand why they've
0: taken him Yeah and they've ended up getting a reasonable deal for him in the end um, yeah. Just a quick word on the, on the relegation situation because it looked like at various stages we knew what was going to happen you know yeah. 8 weeks ago we would have said Norwich, Watford and Burnley are going down and then Burnley went on their run and uh, looked like they were getting themselves out of trouble because Leeds were in free fall and then at the weekend Leeds just managed somehow to dig something out and now have a point advantage over Burnley, who play Villa uh, midweek before the um, final game of the season. So, um, and Everton, of course, look like they were going to be okay because they've only got yeah. they've only got Brentford. Just don't get just don't get a man sent off in the first half against Brentford. You should be okay. And um, I don't know. All of a sudden, it's right all in the melting pot again.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, <clears throat> I, I just thought Leeds Leeds were going to go. Uh, latterly because they're playing angry and you, you can't play football you know you can't play angry football it, it, it doesn't work for you and I mean you know if you, if you look at uh, is it aliens sending off uh, James was it got sent got sent off as well and you, you look at them and you just kind of think well like, they've got that wild look in their eyes but I didn't I didn't see um, yesterday I hadn't realised for, for a long time I just thought obviously we're getting beat by Brighton. I thought just stay at 1-0 so that mean that that uh, last minute equaliser was, was a breath of fresh air for them, but it's it's one of them, isn't it? I mean, they could they could all go, um, as in anyone from the from those teams could go. And I saw once once Burnley stopped the run, I kind of thought, hmm, I wonder I wonder I wonder now if actually you know it's levelled off a little bit and, and and they might just go. But don't don't Burnley have Newcastle? last game at
0: home is that right i'll tell you exactly now Burnley, i think so i mean
1: yeah newcastle playing tonight but i think and you know if you were told beat newcastle at home <coughs> excuse me last game and you stay up um that that would be somewhat of an incentive would it not
0: yeah so look i guess it's the any of those teams at this stage could still get sucked yeah. into it and it's hard to yeah. make any one of them favorites under the circumstances because
1: well yeah, and you don't, I mean, we keep, you know, we're talking about sending offs and all those kind of things and, and we've got decisions that will come into play and I don't know, I mean, I'm not sure that you lads would know. It's, I seem to think this season I have never, ever um, seen so many late goals in, in the Premier League or the Old Division 1 or whatever it was. It seems to be almost every week there's a, a 90 plus 6 minute equaliser goal, whatever, so... Um that's an interesting start. I don't lose stats, but that, that is an interesting one. I mean, how does that work?
2: Is it just because everybody's shattered?
1: Probably. Yeah, probably. But I mean <laughs> shattered or <clears throat> loss of concentration, maybe. Um, but it but it is it is it is unusual. I mean look, I mean Brighton had a spell, didn't they, where they kept going very, very late. And it wasn't once or twice, it was like it seemed to be five or six or seven times in in, in, in a succession.
0: Yeah.
2: It, it does kind of feel like this is the first time we've hit kind of like a, or about to hit a, a lull in club football since July 2020. Like it, it has been a long time coming, but it also kind of makes you think that you'd wonder if, you know, the, the Premier League at the start of next season will maybe have a different look to it. Like, I mean, we we often get bogged down in the here and the now and Manchester City and Liverpool being so amazing and so far ahead of the pack. But with an actual proper offseason for the first time in a couple of years, you'd wonder actually could, could there be a, a shift uh, at the top of the table, maybe in terms of other challengers, other people who might make it a bit interesting at least next season.
1: No, I don't see it. Okay, I really, I really don't see it because I mean, I think they need too many, too many players. The teams you're talking about, so we're talking what Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal top of them, aren't we? Basically, um, I don't. And too early for Newcastle, although they will improve, but it's going to take them a while to get anywhere near. So, no, I, 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 I don't really see that. And I mean. You know, talked about the depth and the quality in in Liverpool squad. Um, City might add a couple more. You, you know, you know what they're like they've obviously taken your man, and that's going to be interesting to see how they play with Haaland. Because uh, I think when you when you see a lot of his goals, there's a lot of green grass between him and 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 the goalkeeper. Generally, um, City don't really play that way. They have so much possession, and they play little rinky-dink passes, don't they, in and around the penalty area. So. Um, he's, that's going to be interesting um, to see to see what he does I mean he's, he's going to score goals because he, he can and he's a beast but it be interesting to see how, how how they cope with him and he copes with them and especially with, with Guardiola as you say um, sometimes does make the odd strange decision in terms of selection
2: What's the ceiling for Conte Spurs if he's got an actual off-season to work with then Champions League football if they get there with a squad that's already pretty strong like, I presume they'll be looking at Chelsea, at least, saying we can be better than you next season.
1: Yeah, I would think so. And uh, obviously Arsenal, also Arsenal, still a bit skittish, aren't they, as, as we know, and, and and Tottenham can be. But um, I'm told I'm told that uh, the players actually re- really, really like Conte um, and there doesn't seem to be anybody, anybody that doesn't. And they, they really believe in him. So the problem's going to be what the chief executive's going to give Conte in terms of... Money to buy players and bring them in, isn't it? That's yeah. that's a, that, that's always the thing at Tottenham.
0: And and whether or not he'll be there, um, so it's going to be C- very. Ukonci, yeah.
1: I think I think I think he'll be there. I, th- I think I actually get the impression that he's grown to like it. I think maybe when he did he, did he only sign for I don't know eighteen months or 18 something? Months, yeah, I think so. Right. So um, I th- I think I think he's grown to like it. I think when he first signed, I was a little bit like he's thinking, "Well, I'll do this for a while, and then if something else crops up, off, off I go." But um, and I don't think it's easy working with with Daniel Levy, but um, they must have some kind of relationship. And I think the head of recruitment is Italian, is he not? Yeah. So there's a there's a buffer there between Conte and and. Uh, and Daniel Levy, I just think sometimes Conti says things just to see what reaction he gets from upstairs. And I think that's the thing at football clubs nowadays for managers is, is you've, got to, you've got to manage the team, but you've got to manage upwards as well. That's all part and parcel of it. And I know that uh, Fergie said many, many years ago to, to anybody who would listen that was managing in the Premier League, he was saying to them, when you do your press conference on the day before a game, he said, that's when you get out what you want to get out he said, because that's your big chance. You know, somebody asks you the question. So, um, and, you know, it's not it's not just getting your team to play every week and, and win games. It's it's the whole kabang, shebang in terms of dealing with everybody. Everybody. I mean, God, these fellas must be so ha- harassed all the time because somebody wants a piece of them.
0: Well, listen, uh, Mark, I hope you enjoy however long you're in Mallorca and uh, we'll see you again real soon. Cheers.
1: Yeah, I'm back. I'm back Friday.
0: There's no peace for the wicked. There you go. Nice one. Congratulations on a great career, by the way, too.
1: Thank you.
0: It's Mark Lawrence Cheers who gives us his sauce this morning. Uh, what do you feel about Arsenal? You're obviously, you're there the opposite of a lucky charm. You you go and they get absolutely annihilated in the Derby. Does, does anybody think that they're going to get three points tonight? At Newcastle. I would lo-
2: look, I'll be straight up, Jar. I would absolutely, I'll go full Kevin Keegan here. I'd absolutely love it. I would love it if Tottenham didn't get top four at this point. It would be so unbelievably funny if after last Thursday night Tottenham actually didn't get top four. After the poxy penalty they got yesterday that they didn't get top four. It wouldn't it, Like you have to accept that would be hilarious. That would be way funnier than Arsenal's implosion and I
0: accept that, other, I accept that Arsenal imploding is funny for people that aren't me but, but, but I... But they were rubbish and they have got really good since they made big changes in the middle of the season. So it's not, I, I don't expect, if Conte manages to get them top four, that's a great achievement. Whereas Arteta should really have this team nicely, safely, tucked up, snuggled underneath the Champions League blanket for next season. Yeah, but
2: that's like that's a different conversation entirely. I'm talking about the the comedy of the last couple of days that Tottenham looked like such a superior team to Arsenal and, you know, rubbed it in Arsenal's faces. Arsenal are bottlers, are
0: chokers, they let the occasion get to them. It would just be so funny if Arsenal still finished ahead of them. Okay, I see the Arsenal fan narrative uh, has overtaken you. and That's fine. It should. It should. So you don't think? No. what's the narrative? What's the narrative? You actually want to? to well, the truth. I mean, the truth is, it's still Arsenal's.
2: Arsenal just have to go to Newcastle and win. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I'm not sure they will though. It's in their hands. Yeah, I, I think that there is like a, a significant amount of psychological damage that's been done on last last Thursday night. To be honest, so I don't actually expect them to do it.
0: What will happen tonight? I think it'll be a draw. One old draw. Okay, um, and that would that'll be
2: curtains then, unless Tottenham somehow uh, don't win against Norwich in the final day of the
0: season. Yeah, which, which is is going to happen. There still is. I mean, is is a Chelsea freefall? Is it impossible? Chelsea Leicester. That's on Thursday, Wednesday night. Yeah, no. I
2: think I think if Arsenal are going to catch Chelsea, they'll have Cotspurs as well. You know. Yeah, so I, I don't think you can hope for, for Chelsea at this point but Th- Tottenham maybe could potentially catch uh, Chelsea, Chelsea Watford on the last day of the
0: season which yeah, is so yeah, going to be pretty Watford easy are, yeah. the, the London Times have the story that Andreas Christensen asked not to play in the FA Cup final right that's mad isn't it
2: yeah that's and what's the because he's reason? leaving he's on his
0: way out he said he made himself
2: unavailable interesting Werner also unavailable he, he was uh, unfit according to,
0: to Tuchel he left the team hotel before the game Members of the Chelsea squad are believed to have been surprised and confused. He's only 26. He's been at the club since 2012. Joined from Bromby's academy, boo and uh, and that was it. It was like, no, I'm not playing. I'm not playing the FA Cup final. Like, why not? At that stage, it can't be fear of injury,
2: can it? No, I, I don't know what I don't know what it is. I don't know what Andreas Christensen is thinking. He he obviously wouldn't have been in there. Maybe the very first choice eleven for a lot of the season. There's obviously. Uh, a departure coming in the heart of their defence over the next little while, like with, with Rudiger out the door. It was interesting listening to Rudiger actually on Saturday saying that uh there's maybe a chance for him to stay at the club if it wasn't for sanctions on Chelsea Football, <laughs> Football Club, which is uh, pretty hilarious.